0: And now it's
1: time for USC Trojan Talk with Coach Harvey High. Brought to you by Terribles. Listen to the coach each week on
2: KSHB AM fourteen hundred, and follow the coach on Twitter at Coach Harvey High. And now here's Coach Harvey High. Well, good evening. Good morning to everyone. I am Harvey Hyde, and you're listening to USC Trojan Talk, brought to you here live in Las Vegas, Nevada, on a Thursday evening by Terribles and Coors Light, and on the uh, in the Inland Empire, every Saturday morning, yes, from 11 to 12, you get us all down there at AM 1490 on your dial. That's KMET Radio in uh, the Inland Empire. Again, we have a great show for you tonight. Of course, our topic, Trojan football. What else is there going on in Southern California in the Athlete Department? Currently at USC with all the new coaches, the new players, the portal, and all the things that are happening there in the excitement of the coming 2022 season. So why not have someone with us, uh, great Katz from com, someone who's been around football for a long time as a coach, as a writer, and a person who covers USC Trojan football. We'll get to Greg in a moment, but let's thank our sponsor for the opening segment, which is Mercedes-Benz of Henderson. Proud sponsors of USC Trojan Talk. Contact the general manager himself and Jim Jason for your family pricing. Call 702-485-3000. That's 702-485-3000. Greg Katz, good evening to you. Thank you very much, and good morning
3: to you. Thank you very much, Greg. Thank you for joining us. Hey, Coach Hyde, always a pleasure and an honor to join you. And hello to all your Las Vegas listeners um, and those of listening in the Inland Empire on Saturday. Uh, I'm buckled up as you would recommend me to do, and I'm ready to go.
2: Well, Greg, it's got to be exciting for com and a new football coach, spring practice already. When you consider it, five days, that's one-third of spring practice already gone. Uh, Your thoughts about the excitement surrounding spring practice?
3: Well, there's a ton of excitement. Uh, You know, obviously, uh, at the end of the health and I don't think anybody wanted to go to practice. I don't think anybody really wanted to see the games other than they have to do it. Uh, It was as low as I've ever seen it, and I've been following USC since 1962. So this uh, Lincoln-Riley era has opened up with uh, a bang. I think last time we talked, you asked me to give him a grade. I gave him an A. Uh, I don't think that that has changed at all. Um, He's pushing all the right buttons, doing all the right things. Uh, You know, there's very little to uh, argue about or dissent. Uh, but uh, overall, uh, everybody's very, very excited and can't wait to see what the team actually looks like when they have this spring game open to the public uh, on April 23rd. Uh, it's going to be carried on ESPN Live, and that's that's the only spring game that's going to be live on ESPN, and they're bringing out uh, Kurt Herbstreet and the, and the A-team gang. So there's a lot going on, and it's all positive for the most part.
2: One thing I noticed, Greg, and maybe you'll agree with me and maybe you won't, but every interview I listen to or hear coaches talk or people or articles I read is he's holding everybody accountable, accountable, which means uh, do what you're supposed to do and do it as good as you can, and it's never enough as far as football. When he talks about, we have only 20 hours a week to practice, but
3: that's not enough to be a good football player. Well, he, he has said that. He said in his last uh, interview, uh, I should tell our listeners if they are not familiar with what's going on in terms of practice, the media is only allowed uh, about 20 minutes to view with tantamount to stretching and individual drills. We're not allowed to watch 11-on-11, um, 11 11, which is uh, probably my number one criticism. Uh, I know UCLA, you can go to all the practices and watch them. Even Notre Dame had an open... Full session and scrimmage for the media to to watch. But that being said, we do get a lot of information on the interviews after practice. Almost every player has said this idea about discipline and accountability. I think when Helton uh, finished, we had heard so much about discipline and uh, accountability, and we knew it was never happening. That we just it just kind of went down your back. But as an example of what's going on, it's my understanding, that um, one of the things if you miss uh, study hall or you miss a class or you you do anything wrong, they immediately hold you accountable. You're supposed to stand up in front of the team and explain what you did, and you miss a practice. So, you know, he's he's holding firm. He's been doing that. I think he's made believers out of the team. And a lot of the team uh, guys uh, have been very complimentary about it uh, because they say uh, this is what they wanted with discipline. And I think I've heard you many times say, this is what players want. They want to be disciplined. They want to be held accountable. They don't want to be on their own deciding, you know, what they should do right, wrong and whatever. So, uh yes, it's 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 tremendously refreshing. Tremendously refreshing that the players believe it and they're actually doing it. Greg Katz joins
2: us from WeRSC. I'm Harvey Hyde. Greg, also the interviewing process as far as the difference of being or interviewing Lincoln Riley compared to nothing against Clay Helton except the interviewing portion we're talking about now directly is completely different. It was uh okay, uh, that's all I have to say. We had a wonderful practice and uh, open up for questions. You actually talk football with Lincoln Riley. He'll describe to you what's going on and what they're trying to accomplish. The different things completely are different in the interviews, the press conferences, everything so far that I've been a part of or have been able
3: to witness. Yeah, I think that's that's uh, very accurate. Um, some of the things that I've noticed is that the when you're with Clay Helton, he would say a lot of things for a long time. And uh, he was very polite. So I used to write about him and call him Gentleman Clay, uh, you know. But you didn't necessarily. There was no credibility, you know. And he said, "I think we're looking great on the offensive line. What have you? You know, we all, you know, eyeballs rolling in our heads, sticking." Uh, but with Lincoln Riley, you get about six minutes, and then they cut it off. But what he says in the six minutes, uh, this guy, from the moment he was hired, uh, at least from my perspective, he shoots straight. He tells you what he says. I think, based on what we've seen of what he said he was going to do and what he's doing, he does it. I think the interviews with the players is shorter. Uh, For whatever reason, it seems like you get maybe uh, five, uh, you know, six minutes, and that's it. Uh, But so it's really about quality, as in terms of instead of quantity of time. But you do learn a lot. I mean, when Lincoln Riley mentions particular names, you know those players must have really stood out. And when he says, uh, as an example, uh, you know, I, I'm impressed with our offensive line. Okay, And he, and he singles out two or three people. You, the credibility is there to go, well, this must be happening, even though we can't see it yet. Uh, but uh, you, you just know, uh, as you said, uh, when he's talking football and stuff, uh, it's the real deal.
2: Have you noticed that when players are asked, players that are back on the roster from the past, when they're asked about Caleb Williams, their reaction to what their answer is when they ask about his leadership and how good is he or those type of questions.
3: Yeah, you know, the thing about Kalen is you, from afar, you, I think it probably was counter-helpful uh, that they waited so long to announce that he was coming, you started saying, what kind of a prima donna is this guy? I actually uh, uh, resourced a uh, YouTube where he was being interviewed by Sports Illustrated uh, when he was a senior in high school, and I was blown away about how mature, extroverted, he was like a man. and then uh, when he opened up uh you know last week and they had him on and he and he talked uh, to the media, uh, this guy is uh, maybe nineteen years old, going on thirty. It was like talking to an NFL veteran. There was no sense of elitism. I mean I you can see it from the players that talk about him that this guy is a special person and and not just an athlete but as a person he is like talking to an adult and he talks to you like an adult and what I thought was refreshing was that he he's very he's very extroverted animated and very truthful and uh you know if you got asked a question that some guys might you know freeze he was able to handle it and I think when he picked USC, with our media market, as you well know, and your listeners know, when you're in L.A., you are under the spotlight, and he's going to handle it just fine. And, you know, we all know that he did things like uh, give the men's basketball team and the women's basketball team uh, Beats earphones to wish him good luck in the, in the postseason tournaments. You know, it's that type of thing that rather than have players and other sports uh, teams and The community at USC go, this guy's an elitist. They go, wow, look what this guy's doing. I mean, it really is amazing. He he is amazing. And I think that uh, I couldn't be more excited about watching him play. I agree with you 100%.
2: Another thing,
3: too, that's been uh, amazing,
2: too, is his assistant coaches. And the players, when they refer to the assistant coaches, nothing against the coaches of the past. They always make that comment. But they talk about how these guys have come in and have tried to develop them and different ways and the respect they show to the no coaching staff I don't know if you notice that but I try to really read in and zone in on the exact words these players are using.
3: well it's my experience that that they respect the, I think it all starts with Lincoln Riley first of all I think they all think if Lincoln Riley hired this guy he must be something special you know you you take for instance the offensive line coach Josh Henson, uh, this is a guy that comes from Texas A and M, and remember that this offensive line group has had what four offensive line coaches in four years? I think they've had eight since nineteen uh, or from two thousand twelve, I believe it is. And so here comes uh, Josh Henson, and they just seem to do everything he says. They have veteran leadership on the offensive line, but as an example, and you know, all the guys were talking about, you know, just how. Discipline they are how uh you know how specific they are and you know i think part of it too coach is that they have a whole new system that they believe in they're no longer going to be asked to you know play what i call one one-armed uh, attacking they now have a real offense and a real running and passing and i think that from an offensive point of view that's that's great and i think defensively the coaches have really got their attention this i know none of the coaches uh, put up with any excuses. There is no buddy-buddy system. They're here to be coached. If you don't want to be coached, go into the portal. It's just that cut and dry. And the players believe it, and they know it. And it's already been proven because we've seen the exodus of players from SC from the roster from last year.
2: Greg Katz joins us and we from com. I'm Harvey Hyde. You're listening to USC Trojan Talk. One last question here before we take a break. I loved hearing the reason Andrew Voris stayed at USC. He was going to leave on the coaching change. He was uh, going to go into the portal, and he had an opportunity to talk to Coach Lincoln Riley. And after talking with him, he left his office. He came back, and he says, You know, Coach, I want to be a part of this. That's the way Jen, uh, John Henson explained it, too, as far as the coach. And He said that Andrew Voorhees had already made that decision, So that gives you sort of an indication, I think, of how this guy talks to the kids in a different manner.
3: Well, you know, I think that's an excellent point because uh, Voorhees was interviewed last week, and he said that he was gone, basically, to the NFL. But as you already have mentioned, he had the meeting. But then into the media, he said something I thought was painfully revealing, uh, that Essie was a bigger mess than maybe everyone knew it was because he said the accountability now is there. He says, I hate to talk bad about the previous coaching staff, but the credibility is here. It's everything basically I've ever wanted when I came to this school. And I am paraphrasing this uh, and that I want to be a part of it. And again, you've got a guy that was, you know, ticketed to go to the NFL, willing to come back because he thought he could get better and get better with the system and, uh, you know his new offensive line coach. So, you know when the players start saying things are different now, uh, it's almost like a sense of relief on all their on all the players, no matter what side of the ball they're on.
2: Again, uh, we're talking with uh, Greg Katz from wrse. dot com. I'm Harvey Hyde. Buckle up and ride along with us every Saturday morning in the Inland Empire on AM fourteen ninety on your dial. And live in Las Vegas, Nevada, we welcome you on AM 1400 for USC Trojan Talk, brought to us by Terribles and Coors Light. Again our, again, our segment sponsor for this is Mercedes-Benz of Henderson, proud sponsors of USC Trojan Talk. Contact Jim Chasen, the general manager himself, and he'll personally show you around. Call him at 702-485-3000. That's 702-485-3000. So buckle up, everyone. We'll take this short time out with you, and uh, fight Mm -hmm. on. We'll be right back from Las Vegas.
0: Raiders fans announcing Terrible's game day giveaway. Enter for your chance to shop, scratch, and score a $1,000 Raiders shopping spree during every game day. Here's your play call. Run a slant route to the nearest participating Terrible Chevron location on Raiders game days. Catch a scratch card and enter your unique code in the Terrible social house app, and you can score that week's $1,000 Raiders shopping spree. Terrible's, your only place to shop, scratch, and score visit com for more details
4: i'm fletcher jones jr at fletcher jones dealerships we always try to exceed our clients expectations with services and amenities you won't find anywhere else my father opened his first dealership in 1946 here in las vegas we have mercedes-benz at fletcher jones imports and toyota and scion at fletcher jones toyota scion two excellent facilities with superb products and friendly knowledgeable people i hope the next time you're in the market for a new or pre-owned vehicle You'll visit Fletcher Jones Imports or Fletcher Jones Toyota Scion and let us show you how hard we'll work to earn and keep your business. Something
2: really special and new. Floyd's
4: 99
2: haircuts, colors, and straight razor shaves. We're at, well, Southwest Las Vegas at the 215 and South Rainbow. Yes, you can have all of it in one show. Each cut comes with a hot lather, Neck shave and shoulder massage, classic barber-style services in a family-friendly environment perfect for mom or dad and the kids. Full color bar and salon services as well. Floyd 99 Cuts and Colors, expert service, amplified experience. Go to floyd99.com for location information. That's floyd To learn more about how you can support the Rose Bowl Stadium as it turns 100 years young, visit www.inspire2022.org.
1: Experience the excitement of Allegiant Stadium with the pageantry of college football. Your UNLV Rebels will play a competitive slate of six games, including the battle for the Fremont Cannon against rival UNR. Savvy fans can lock in the best prices for the best seats at UNLV football games inside Allegiant Stadium with season tickets. Visit UNLVtickets.com for more information about UNLV football at Allegiant Stadium.
2: Welcome back to USC Trojan Talk, live in Las Vegas, Nevada, brought to us all by Terrible Herbs and Coors Light. And in the Inland Empire, we welcome all of you on AM 1490 on your dial every Saturday morning from 11 to 12, year-round. Our next segment is brought to us by Meadows Bank. Is your business ready to play in the big leagues? Meadows Bank can help you tackle the competition. Make your play and visit them today at meadowsbank.com or call 471-BANK. That's 471-BANK. Meadows Bank, consistently exceeding your expectations. Greg Katz joins us tonight from com, and we're talking Trojan football. Greg, let's move along with the new coaching situation at USC. Spring practice currently going on. We've talked a little bit about uh, some of the individuals and the philosophies and the uh, accountability that's being held there at uh, USC currently right now. Let's uh, talk a little bit about uh, some of the position-wise as far as the strengths and weaknesses of the USC Trojan football program. You know, when I listen to these coaches, I get a sense of confidence in them as far as the way they're talking about their coaching these players and the results they're getting from these players. It isn't like they're saying the cupboards are bare.
3: No, I think that they're realistic about it. I think they're very, I think, optimistic on the offensive end because they do have firepower They you do have Caleb Williams who will be starting I don't think that's even a competition I mean you look at the running backs they have Travis Dye from Oregon who might be the best running back in the Pac-12 uh, Austin Jones another transfer from Stanford uh, you know he he's there so they, they they they've got running backs no doubt about it wide receivers I think that they're you know, stacked, uh, you know, Brendan Rice, Jerry Rice's son, the transfer from Colorado was, you know, uh, didn't get much opportunity. I think at Colorado just on the basis of their offense and the quarterback they had, you got Mario Williams from transfer from Oklahoma, who could be an all pack 12 player sooner rather than later. And they got Gary Bryant jr. Who I think has oodles of uh, potential. So there's, I think they're, they're, they're they can be very potent on offense uh, at wide receiver, you know, tied in, we're going to see a different use of it, but I think that a guy like Michael Epps uh, looks like the offense is fitting him uh, perfectly. And, you know, most people, they point to the offensive line, and Lincoln Riley said, no, he, he sees a lot of good stuff. And offensive line coach Josh Hansen said, uh, you know, we, we we show flashes of being really good, and I think he bases that on the theme. the middle portion of the offensive line. You've got a lot of experience in center, Brett Nealon. Uh, you've got, you've got a guy like Justin Dietrich at right guard who's a really kind of down and dirty old, old school type of player. And then you got AP 13 All American, you know, Andrew Voorhees. I think their questions are at tackle. And right now, Cortland Ford is at tackle. Um, uh, and they, they were expecting to see, uh, Bobby Haskins, the transfer from Virginia, but he's had a leg issue. So he's been limited and probably will be the rest of the spring. So they're looking at Jonah Monheim. Uh, who has a lot of potential. Some say he would be better at right guard. Uh, but uh, I think they're strong there. I think the problem, I, I don't know if I should use the word problem, I should, maybe I should use challenge, is going to be defensively. Uh, they don't have a lot of depth at, at defensive line. They don't have a lot of depth at all at linebacker. And they're trying to at least get a first group there. So I think their challenge in, in talking to uh, Alex Grinch uh uh he feels that they've got a long long way to go and i i believe him i don't think it's coaching hyperbole i think to those of us who have been close to the program people like yourself you know what they've got coming back now they have some great players like Tui uh Tui Polotu who's an all Pac12 defensive tackle he's good uh you know you got the middle linebacker now probably going to be uh Sean Lee from Alabama and and uh it's kind of interesting because Lincoln Riley says that he's He's, uh, to this defense, what Jalen Hurt was as a quarterback when he transferred from uh, Alabama to Oklahoma. So that, that's a good sign. But who is going to be next to Lee? Is it going to be Aunt, uh, Randall Goforth? Uh, we, we don't know. Uh, I think one of the aces that everybody really wants to know, but he's being restricted, is Corey Foreman, You know, once considered a five-star type of guy, uh, whether he's going to be a defensive lineman or whether he's going to be what they call a rush end. Uh so they got a lot of questions there. I think the on the secondary they're going to be okay because I think Latrell McCutcheon, the transfer from Oklahoma, and Mickey uh Blackman, transfer from Colorado, I think will end up starting. Uh and I think somebody who you know well uh and have been very uh uh supportive of is is, is Callan Bullock, uh former John Muir uh uh two way player and uh Bullock I think it could be a future player beyond all Pac twelve. Uh, and the return of Max Williams, who was an excellent football player until he got hurt. So, no questions on offense are going to score. The questions can they stop anybody? And I think they're realistic that they've got a lot of holes to fill on defense.
5: Do
2: you wonder why and somehow how the program on the defensive side of the football could get so depleted? as far as all these four stars and three stars and all these maybe not very many five stars. they were. They've had two five stars as far as Drake Jackson and uh, Corey uh, Foreman. But uh, how it could be so depleted that you have to uh, describe it as that? I know they got a couple of portal transfers, but to describe that at USC, uh, that normally doesn't sound like uh, the, the
3: positive way to go when you're a Trojan. Well, I think we have to be uh, brutally honest. I mean, we're talking about a defense where is today because of what they didn't recruit or couldn't recruit uh, the last four years. I mean, it was a disaster. Uh, Clancy Pendergrass, the defensive coordinator, didn't want to recruit. Uh, other guys on the staff didn't want to recruit. It was like half a staff on defense that would recruit, wouldn't recruit. And, uh, you know, per- perception is reality. And the reality was... Is everybody knew that SC was headed towards uh, the bottom of the barrel, probably uh, arguably the worst ever put on the field at USC. And players just on the defensive end certainly didn't want to go there. They just didn't want to do it. And there was such negativity that uh, there was no credibility. So now you've got, uh, you know, Alex French, who, you know, did such a, a wonderful job at Washington State, then went to Ohio State. Uh, you know, then obviously he goes to Oklahoma. He's, you know, has got a reputation for an attacking defense. So there's enthusiasm. With the enthusiasm, it may take them a, a while to stock the uh, shelf. No question, they're in the situation because they recruited. I don't even know if poorly is a is is a proper word. It was worse than poorly. Let's put it that way.
2: Well again, uh, another topic, too, is the special teams at USC. There's been le- very little discussed about special teams at USC. There isn't a special teams coach. What have you heard about special teams? I've had no one at all describe that or hear anyone
3: talking about that in early outs or anything. Well, the only thing I know is as probably it's, uh, made public was originally Alex Stenhouse. Uh, went into the transfer portal, and not long after that, you had Parker Lewis, who was the starting place kicker. He left the program, uh, and then Lincoln Riley called up Alex Stenhouse and said, look, we want you back on the you know on the club. And Stenhouse uh, you know, didn't leave because he didn't like SC, and he didn't leave because he didn't think he was getting enough opportunities. He left because he was a walk-on, and he was accumulating so much uh, uh, walk on, uh, costs and in loans. And he said, I, I can't keep this up because I got to go to a place where I can play and get on scholarships. So Lincoln Riley says, okay, here's a scholarship. Will that work? And obviously it did work. Now, their situation with punting is a big question because we all know that Ben Griffiths has left and departed to the NFL and they're waiting on the, uh, uh, shall we say, uh, entrance of freshmen, true freshmen. Uh, Atticus Bertrams from Australia. Uh, I do not know, honestly, what we can say about the special teams other than we know that that Stathouse will probably kick off and do extra points and field goals. And we're going to believe that Bertrams is going to be the punter. But in terms of who's going to return kickoffs and punts and that sort of stuff, uh, that's that's really kind of hard to tell right now. Uh probably going to have to wait to training camp to see something more
2: specific. When we come back after we take this short time out, I want to get into recruiting and portal transfers with you as far as your philosophy. And if you feel it's good as far as, first of all, for college football, in this case, it certainly uh, was a must for USC, I think, and the players that left USC, your feelings on that, too. So, again, I'm Harvey Hyde with Greg Katz from WeRSC.com. When we come back, to Greg, I want to tell everybody, too, how they can be a part of your webpage and get all the information that you share with them daily. Again, this uh, segment has been brought to us by Meadows Bank. Is your business ready to play in the big leagues? Meadows Bank can help you tackle the competition. Make your play and visit them today at MeadowsBank.com or call 471-BANK. That's 471-BANK, Meadows Bank, consistently exceeding your expectations. So all of you in the Inland Empire on Saturday morning on AM 1490 on your dial, buckle up. And in Las Vegas live tonight on Thursday evening, we thank Terribles and Coors Light for the sponsorship of USC Trojan Talk. I'm Harvey Hyde with Great Cat. Buckle up and fight on. We'll be right back.
0: Raiders fans, announcing Terrible's game day giveaway. Enter for your chance to shop, scratch, and score a $1,000 Raiders shopping spree during every game day. Here's your play call. Run a slant route to the nearest participating Terrible Chevron location on Raiders game days. Catch a scratch card and enter your unique code in the Terrible social house app. And you can score that week's $1,000 Raider shopping spree. Terrible's, your only place to shop, scratch, and score. Visit Terrible's.com for more details.
4: Hello, I'm Fletcher Jones, Jr., and I'm proud to be a Trojan. There's nothing like the winning tradition of the Cardinal and gold, and I believe those same high standards of discipline, hard work, and a winning attitude will make you a champion in anything you do. At Fletcher Jones Dealerships, we always try to exceed our clients' expectations with services and amenities you won't find anywhere else. Here in Las Vegas, we have Mercedes-Benz at Fletcher Jones Imports and Toyota and Scion at Fletcher Jones Toyota Scion two excellent facilities with superb products and friendly, knowledgeable people. I hope the next time you're in the market for a new or pre-owned vehicle, you'll visit Fletcher Jones Imports or Fletcher Jones Toyota Scion and let us show you how hard we'll work to earn and keep your business. Until then, fight on. Join us at the all-new P.T.'s Express, now open inside each Arizona Charlie's Casino on either side of town. Conveniently located by the Sportsbook, so you can enjoy watching your favorite sports teams while you dine in or take it to go. There's no wrong way when you pick up one of our game-time specials, including hot dogs, chili dogs, sliders, and a bucket of chicken tenders. Served with fries and four domestic bottled beers. Game-time specials offered Thursday through Sundays, all day at... Arizona
5: Charlie's Casino. Pizza Pizza Pizza. If you're like me, pizza is not just a food, it's a way of life. And the folks at Cetabello Pizza get every detail just right. Homemade dough made daily and hand-tossed extra virgin olive oil, freshly chopped tomatoes and basil, and generous portions of mozzarella cheese with a dizzying array of toppings. Join me at one of their two area locations, one at Green Valley Parkway, another one at Fort Apache and Sahara. No time to dine out? No problem. Order today and take it to go at setabello.net. That's setabello.net. Setabello Pizza, when only the best will do.
2: Well, welcome back to USC Trojan Talk, live in Las Vegas, Nevada, on this Thursday evening, brought to us by Terribles and Coors Light and in the Inland Empire on Saturday morning. We welcome all of you from 11 to 12 on AM 1490 on your dial year-round. Again, Greg Katz joins us from com. Greg, before we get started, I'd like to have you tell everyone how they can be a part of your website and listen to all the things that we're talking about, but read about them and find all the podcasts
3: that are going on with you. My pleasure. Well, com, which originated in 2001, with our late uh, publisher, uh, Gary Paskowitz, is now part of the On Three Network. Uh, we have a great set of writers uh, that cover uh, the, the team year round, home and away. Um, we cover recruiting, Scott Schrader's tremendous recruiting uh, guru, as we like to say. Uh, we have a big, uh, well received uh, we call it a video podcast called Inside the Trojans Huddle that you can see for free on uh, our site and also on YouTube and the various uh uh deals that uh, promote uh, social media uh Inside the Trojans Huddle uh talks about uh, everything uh, we divide divided into like a football game, a first quarter, second, third, fourth, overtime, halftime, etc. uh and we use our our columnists and staff writers to uh to go over the topics and uh, it's call called an organized free for all. But in terms of wearenoseat dot com, I would invite everyone to take a look at it, uh, see what you think of it. Uh, uh, we're basically uh, one of the founders of where the internet is in college football. So uh, check us out, and uh, if you like us, uh, welcome aboard.
2: Well, Greg, let's get into what I mentioned before we took this time out. Is first of all the portal. The portal has now arrived in college football. I mentioned that probably it was good for USC this year as far as getting new players and getting rid of players. But your overall philosophy of the portal, your thoughts on that?
3: Well, first of all, I think the portal is way out of control. They have to have some guardrails. They have to have windows like they do for recruiting signing periods in, let's say, December and February. They need the same thing, I think, to ask the college a football coach, to be worried 365 days out of the year of who's coming, who's going, players leaving the middle of spring practice to say, oh, I didn't like how it went this first week, I think I'm jumping to the portal, is absolutely ridiculous. Uh, I don't think uh, USC or anybody else can build a program year in, year out, based on the portal. You have to find out why is someone in the portal. There's a reason they're in the portal. Uh, That doesn't mean there couldn't be in the upper, upper echelon of players uh, that could help your program. But I think, uh, to be honest, I think it still comes back down to high school recruiting, getting players in, learning your system, uh, teaching them how the game should be played. Because, unfortunately, even in basketball, we're in this uh, incredible cycle that I don't think is going to change or instant gratification for players that I don't like what I'm seeing, I'm out of here and, uh, you know, there are a large number of players that are, quote, out of here that don't get picked up in the portal. There's there's a number of USC players still in that portal that nobody is coming after. And that's something that doesn't get discussed enough. That if you go into that portal, there's no guarantee that the pot of gold is going to be there. Uh, so you better give it a good thought. Now, we do know that at SC, a lot of players... That went into the portal were either getting out because they knew better, or Lincoln Riley said, I don't see you fitting here. So they had to go. But overall, I think the portal will have its place. I don't think you build a program around it. I think the timing of us was perfect where there are no rules, but they're going to, I can guarantee you, I would bet that 99% of the college coaches, and you were certainly a successful one, would say, no, no, we need to uh, rein this in a little bit.
2: I agree with you hundred percent it uh first of all, you never know who you're going to have on your football team, and also it makes you work year round because uh well, there's a regular recruiting period and there's a portal then there's a signing date, and there's a portal then there's summer recruiting then there's junior recruiting and there's summer camps and whole thing really never know where you stand as far as a football program as far as the players, you mentioned those the players that left u s c is that something good for USC, would you say, if you were Coach Lincoln Riley?
3: Absolutely. That that roster was rotting to the core last year. You had players that were already saying, I'm going to the NFL before the season started. You had players, that I think the Cal game was the perfect example, players saying, oh, well, I'm just not going to play this week. I'm going to stay home. Uh, I, I thought it was pathetic. And, you know, to me, get rid of all of them. I'm sorry. It sounds ruthless, <laughs> but my feeling is, if you're going to change the culture, you got to change. Uh, you know, you got to change. Part of that culture was the people that were playing on those teams. I don't think they could have been rehabilitated. I think the guys that have come back from last year, Lincoln and Riley, has, has vetted them well enough to know that they they want to play. They want to be on a good team. They're willing to listen. Uh, but uh, you know. I wish the players would leave nothing but good luck, but they needed to go. Now, let me ask you about a coaching situation,
2: and if you don't want to answer this, you certainly don't have to. Dante Williams, head football coach last year and head football coach when Clay Helton was relieved of his coaching position. Do you find him or the staff, uh, him sort of getting lost in the staff? You don't really hear much about him. He hasn't been personally interviewed. Have you noticed that?
3: Yes, absolutely. I think that Dante Williams uh, is on a trial basis. Uh, I don't think anybody questions his ability to recruit. He's proven that beyond a shadow of a doubt. But that secondary last year was so poorly coached, if I can use that term. The excuse, of course, is that Dante had to go from the, their coach to the interim head coach. But I don't know if that's a, is something that I could buy into only because Dante was with him. Uh, during spring practice. Uh, My hope is that uh, he learned something along the way from Alex Grinch and uh, feels that he's got to prove that he should be the secondary coach. I will tell you this, Coach. I think that SC's future recruiting classes, which I think you're going to get into shortly, are going to be absolutely astoundingly good. And it won't matter whether Dante Williams is there or he's not there uh you know, SC's program is bigger than one assistant coach. My hope for Dante is that he has a great uh, secondary unit uh, that he can stay on at USC because I think he is valuable. But I think he's under the microscope, and I think deservedly so.
2: Uh, Mike Bone, the athletic director at USC, when he named him interim head football coach, do you think it was basically – Uh, A wise decision to take such a young man that hadn't been a head coach and put him in charge of a football team when it was going through this type of crisis so early in the season. Was that a wise move? Well, I think you
3: have to take a step back on it. First of all, Dante Williams was uh, titled uh, assistant head coach. I think it was associate head coach. So he had the title. We know why he got the title, because they didn't want to lose him, right? Now, the question becomes is, should he have been the head coach interim with no experience? Well, what were the options? Did you really want Todd Orlando, the defensive coordinator, who has a horrible defense uh, in charge of the entire team? Did you want the controversial offensive coordinator, uh, you know, uh, Harold, uh, to be in charge of it? I, I think it was almost a no-win situation personally uh you, people could argue i think effectively against me and say well wait a minute you threw in the towel when you when you when you had dante uh yeah i think that's probably accurate at some point uh but i do think that you couldn't have either one of those offensive coordinators to be the head coach i i think they both knew they weren't going to be back i think it was just like hey thanks for helping us out here and uh you know it was probably one of those things damned if you do and damned if you don't
2: Greg Cat joins us from com. I'm going to ask you another question here. You can answer it or not answer it. If you notice that Clay Helton now down at Georgia State uh, took the strength and conditioning coach with him. I don't believe any other coaches from the staff went to Georgia State with Clay Helton. And I noticed so far, unless you tell me something different, all these players that are in the portal seem to be staying away from Georgia State, or is Clay Helton staying away
3: from them? Do you have any knowledge on that? I think it's a combination of both. I, I think the players are going to the portal and not looking to finish their career at, uh, you know, uh, you know Georgia Southern. Uh, you know, I think that, um, you know, there was so much bad stuff coming down with, with, with Helton that I think Helton, I I think what I'm amused by Helton, actually, I I don't know why I should be amused by it, but I go on to the Georgia Southern site and I listen to him say the same thing that he said at SC, we're going to be physical. To me, it's like, man, this is like someone, like the music man. You know, he's going from town to town, saying, I'm going to get you a big band. Um, I think it's better for Clay Helton uh, I mean, I actually hope Clay Helton isn't reading what's going on at SC right now because I think it would be, uh, you know, somewhat uh, painful and depressing, especially as these players get more comfortable and saying the difference between, you know, Lincoln Riley and Clay Helton without mentioning by name. Uh, I think that uh, Clay Helton is going to have to try to find out just who Clay Helton is and what he actually what, what does he really believe in. Uh, but it'll be interesting, in my opinion, to follow him and see how he how he does and whether he repeats himself. I've always wondered what Georgia Southern was doing, where they were, uh, you know, did they even know what was going on at SC or not, you know. But they apparently were happy with him, and, uh, you know, good luck to all of them. Well, I apologize.
2: I said Georgia State. It's Georgia Southern. I'm sorry I didn't uh say That properly, and I'm glad you correct me on that, Greg, because uh, I'd have been following the wrong team, okay? <laughs> <laughs> no, That's what teammates that are a, for, right? Not <laughs> that I'm a fan of Georgia State or Georgia Southern, but I'm just wondering why, if these players liked a coach so much and were recruited uh, by a coach that they, uh, you know, that, that they might want to be a part of the program
3: at the new school. I don't know. I'm just thinking but, about. You know what? I'll tell you. I think the players liked Helton. He was like your uncle that you like, but you wouldn't want to be coached by him. I think that they had been there at SC long enough to know what the situation was, whether they were developing or not. But I think from a personal standpoint, they liked the man. I think from a coaching football thing, and they're football players, they didn't want any more of it. You know, I have to agree with you, Greg,
2: and I think you and I feel the same way. I like the man, too, as far as a friend or a person. And any time I called him or asked him to do something or speak at any location, he always said yes. And I have to give a man credit for that. And Sometimes it's a very difficult thing to do when things aren't going all right or correctly. So let's take another short time out. Again, I'm Harvey Hyde with our good friend Greg Katz from WeAreSC.com. And, you know, before we get to uh, the break, I want to tell all of you in Las Vegas, too, about uh, PT Express the uh, game time specials which are in Arizona Charlie's now inside right by the Race and Sports Books Thursdays through Sundays going in there and enjoy the original Nathan hot dogs the loaded chili dogs and the whole package at Arizona Charlie's in Decatur and Boulder so buckle up everyone in the Inland Empire we're glad to have you every Saturday morning on AM, AM 1490 on your dial year round And in Las Vegas on this Thursday evening, we thank you for buckling up and riding along with us here with USC Trojan Talk, brought to us by Terribles and Coors Light. Fight on, everyone. I'm Harvey Hyde with Great Cats. We'll be right back.
0: Raiders fans, announcing Terrible's game day giveaway. Enter for your chance to shop, scratch, and score a $1,000 Raiders shopping spree during every game day. Here's your play call. Run a slant route to the nearest participating Terrible Chevron location on Raiders game days. Catch a scratch card and enter your unique code in the Terrible social house app. And you can score that week's $1,000 Raider shopping spree. Terrible's, your only place to shop, scratch, and score. Visit Terrible's.com for more
4: details. Hello, I'm Fletcher Jones Jr. and I'm proud to be a Trojan. There's nothing like the winning tradition of the Cardinal in Gold and I believe those same high standards of discipline, hard work, and a winning attitude will make you a champion in anything you do. At Fletcher Jones dealerships, we always try to exceed our clients' expectations with services and amenities you won't find anywhere else. Here in Las Vegas, we have Mercedes-Benz at Fletcher Jones Imports and Toyota and Scion at Fletcher Jones Toyota Scion two excellent facilities with superb products and friendly, knowledgeable people. I hope the next time you're in the market for a new or pre-owned vehicle, you'll visit Fletcher Jones Imports or Fletcher Jones Toyota Scion and let us show you how hard we'll work to earn and keep your business. Until then, fight on. Big
0: Dog's Brewing Company is proud to be Las Vegas' original hometown brewery since 1993. Our handcrafted beers are brewed fresh daily at Big Dog's Draft House by our team of award-winning brewers. Big Dog's Brews are now available in cans at major retailers such as Lee's Discount Liquor, Total Wine & More, Whole Foods Market, Smith's, Albertson, Corey's, Terrible Herbst Stations, and more. Big Dog's beers are available on draft at select restaurants or bars around Las Vegas. Ask for Big Dog's Brews by name. Visit us at BigDogBrews.com to track down our local award-winning handcrafted brews or stop by Big Dog's Draft House to sample the full range of our classic seasonal and specialty ales. Drink fresh, drink local,
1: drink Big Dog's. Experience the excitement of Allegiant Stadium with the pageantry of college football. Your UNLV Rebels will play a competitive slate of six games, including the battle for the Fremont Cannon against rival UNR. Savvy fans can lock in the best prices for the best seats at UNLV football games inside Allegiant Stadium with season tickets. Visit UNLVtickets.com for more information about UNLV football at Allegiant Stadium. You work hard for your business. You need a bank
2: that understands your business. Let Metals Bank be your business partner for all your banking needs. We are a full-service community bank with competitive loan and deposit products and services. We're also a preferred lender for SBA, 7A, and 504 loan programs.
3: The experienced team at Meadows Bank will give you the services you need with the reliability you can depend on throughout branches in Las Vegas, Henderson, Reno, Pahrump,
2: and now in Phoenix, Arizona. Call our friendly, knowledgeable staff today at 702 471 Bank, that is 702-471-2265, or use our convenient online banking service at Meadowsbank.bank.
3: Meadows Bank, where your business is our business.
5: Pizza Pizza Pizza. If you're like me, pizza is not just a food, it's a way of life. And the folks at Cetabello Pizza get every detail just right. Homemade dough made daily and hand tossed extra virgin olive oil, freshly chopped tomatoes and basil, and generous portions of mozzarella cheese with a dizzying array of toppings. Join me at one of their two area locations, one at Green Valley Parkway, another one at Fort Apache and Sahara. No time to dine out? No problem. Order today and take it to go at setabello.net. That's setabello.net. Setabello Pizza, when only the best will do.
2: Well, welcome back to USC Trojan Talk, live in Las Vegas, Nevada, brought to us all by Terrible Herbs and Coors Light, and in the Inland Empire, Saturday morning, listening on AM 1490 on your dial. Good morning to all of you from 11 to 12, year-round. Greg Katz joins us from com As we wind up this fastest hour in radio, Greg, I want to ask you about recruiting. You made a comment about that earlier in our show, where you said you look forward to the 2023
3: class being really special. Yeah, I think uh, I think they've positioned themselves to be what we would call the USC recruiting that you and I grew up with and our, our USC fans know. Uh, we would be remiss not to mention the class of 2022, Josh Connolly Jr., who many feel is the best offensive tackle in America uh, from Rainier Beach in Washington, Seattle, Washington. Uh, pretty much the feeling is he's coming to USC, which would be a remarkable beginning to you know restoring the tradition of USC offensive linemen. Then you got to, you know the class of 223, which uh, has a number of skill players. Of course, you've got, uh, number one, you've got Malachi Nelson, the five-star, something, the second-best player in America, at quarterback from Los Alamitos High School. His teammate, Makai Lemon, uh, four-star, going on five-star. And from the Las Vegas area, of course, everybody knows from Bishop Barman Zachariah Branch, uh, who has uh, you know lineage to uh, the great Cliff Branch, so they're they're really in good position. The thing that makes it incredibly exciting is all the great linemen they're looking at in the future have been on campus uh, in the last couple of weeks uh, from all over the country, and they're all raving about it. And I think that I think honestly, I think this staff knows where to take them, how to wine and dine them. And they are really, really set. And if you really want to look in the far future, uh, five-star quarterback Dylan uh, Riola, whose dad uh, Dominic was a star center at Nebraska, well, uh, Dylan's a quarterback, a five-star, and they think uh, that this player from Scottsdale, Arizona, is also positioned to come to USC, even though it's you know a couple of years down the line. So they they have set up nicely. The thing that I'm looking at is. I I get all the offensive guys on the offensive side. Uh, I want to start seeing defensive commitments because that, in the end, you you know this as well as anybody. Uh, Offense scores points, but defense wins championships. Greg Katz joins
2: us from Tom, Greg, I I want to mention this, too, uh, that momentum is something that carries recruiting as far as having great press, uh, having uh, players speak and recruit for the program. And I think with the start of what they started with when they came to USC from Oklahoma, they turned players immediately. They got the interest of other great uh, players and linemen, like you mentioned. I've seen this kid on film. I don't know if you've watched this kid, Connolly, from Washington. He's just ai don't want to use the, the term beast, but I love that term when you're coaching football and he's offensive linemen. <laughs> no, that's okay? accurate. <laughs> it, that's, it, accurate. That's, that's accurate. The way he blocks downfield and traps and so on is exactly what the USC offensive line needs, and obviously he'd have to work himself into a position where he possibly could start. There's going to be competition. I think that's what you need to become good. You have to compete in practice. I think that's what happened with John McKay, John Robinson. That's what happened with, with uh, Pete Carroll. The competition in practice is what made you a good football team on Saturday, and that just hasn't been there in the past as far as the philosophy or the way you got to be number one or whatever. It was more of a me rather than you or us or we. And uh, I think that that type of philosophy is now there. There's, no defi- uh, there's definitely a, a sound of who the head coach is. He doesn't stand and watch practice. The players describe it all the time. He's actively involved in practice as far as making sure that uh, he's uh, doing the reads himself and understanding that they understand what's necessary as far as what to win. And uh, we're going to see more of an offensive scheme than we've ever seen before as far as guards and tackles, pulling, outside, running game. We're going to see the defense, I think, being attacked a different way than it's ever been attacked before with play-action pass and an athletic quarterback, which USC hasn't had. On the defensive side, Greg, I uh, I agree with you. You have to attack and have a great secondary that can play man, but you can't sit and read with guys that – that aren't really that physical or strong until you get them, so go after them. Get them. Try to cause them to get in down-distance situations where it's third and long, second and long, where you have more of an idea of what they're going to do. But, Greg, I'll tell you, every time we have you on, it's an absolute ball. I'm telling you, to have someone on that's so knowledgeable about USC Trojan football through your coaching abilities, through your writing abilities, through your observations, and everything you do... What can I say? I always thank you for joining us because you're a busy guy. But, again, we want to thank you as a group as far as being a part of our show.
3: Always always a pleasure to be with you, Coach. Anytime for you, you just name it. Thank you again. Thank you again, Greg Katz, uh, wearefc.com. Just go to
2: wearefc.com, and you can see Greg and the team over there working every day for you if you're a Trojan football fan or just a fan in itself. Again, we want to thank... Uh, PT Express game time specials where you get at Arizona Charlie's inside right by the Racing Sportsbook. Yep, you can go on in there Thursdays through Sundays and uh, experience a real treat. Again, I want to thank Justin in the studio. Why without him? He's our producer and engineer. We wouldn't have a show. I want to thank you out there, all of our listeners. For buckling up and riding along with us in the Inland Empire on Saturday morning on AM 1490 on your dial year-round, in Las Vegas we thank Terribles and Coors Life for their sponsorship of USC Trojan Talk. I'm Harvey Hyde saying buckle up, good evening, and good morning, depending where you are.